You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester. It's two days before Notre Dame takes on first-ever opponent New Mexico, the first of seven home games at Notre Dame Stadium this year. Before you guys say anything about the matchup between Notre Dame and New Mexico, I'm going to remind you. I can't wait. I'm yeah. going to remind I you. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> of uh, of last year's game against Ball State when we all basically said that there was no chance that Ball State would be competitive. And, Nor- and maybe we should say Notre Dame allowed them to be competitive in that game. Yeah, I mean, that's why. I know you guys, are, I wasn't on the podcast earlier this week, but you had, I know you referenced the question about to, to Brian Kelly about Ball State. And. I think there are certainly some differences. The biggest one is they didn't play Michigan the week before. Um, and they didn't play that well the week before. So I, I think those those two things sort of eliminate um, the hangover effect. It's just like you look, over, you look at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly. When they play poorly, when they play out of character, is often after a big game, not before one. So this is before one, not after one. Uh, Ball State was after Michigan. This is before Georgia. So I don't, I don't really have much of a, much of a concern of a, a Ball State redo. Uh, in part because they had Ball State last year. It's a, it's a pretty easy go to if you're Brian Kelly. Agreed, and not to pile on, but if Ian Book started the Ball State game, they'd have won the thirty-three to fourteen game comfortably and still look bad, but no one would have cared because it wouldn't have been that close. Yeah, this is, I mean, they're on red alert because of what happened last year against Ball State. Uh, Chase Claypool said something interesting um, the other night during interviews with the players that, um, um, you know, they last year they were talking about how many guys were going to get into the Ball State game, and they're avoiding that at all costs this year. It's about playing championship-level football and and playing better than they did against Louisville and building some momentum going into Georgia. So uh, they're on red alert. I don't expect them to um, to to have any kind of letdown with this, especially since you had, as you said, Pete, uh, you know, a less than uh, top performance against Louisville, and you've had extra time to to rest up and prepare for it. They should play a ton of guys, but they just coaches don't need to harp on it. No, you don't, and that's I mean that's that was Brian the- Kelly. If that's what he was doing, and he took blame the other day, then that's the absolute wrong thing to do as a head coach. Be talking about that. He probably did because if you recall, we looked out there on kickoff return. This is the least important part of that game, but it is telling. They had nine new guys. To start the game, no, and all new blockers. Javon McKinley was blocking; he hadn't played in two years. It was like (laughs) obviously they're not taking this that seriously, and he looked like he hadn't played in two years when he was trying to block because you know the other team does have. By being so much better than a team, you should go out there and kill them with your best players first. You know, one of the things that was really interesting about the Ball State game was how poorly the offensive line played, Um, and that that is something I was thinking about for Louisville because three four defense, different looks. You got to communicate very well. and the, the line played really, really well. Um, so to sort of take that off the table, to take the quarterback play off the table, to take Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara are not going to play as poorly as they did against Louisville off the table, it's it's very difficult for me. If they, had, if they have any trouble against New Mexico at all, it is a real issue for the entire season. Again, as we sit here I right now... I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, as we sit here right now, it's very difficult to see that because... New Mexico lost their top eight tacklers, yeah. ten of their their top eleven. They've now lost their their nose tackle uh, Blackwell. Um, they can do some things offensively. Bob Davy will not be here. Saga Tuatelli, their offensive line coach, will serve as the interim uh, head coach for this game. 
uh, and they've they've got some assets on the offensive side of the ball. They've got they've got some they've got some receivers. Their tight end is good. They like their offensive line. Uh, they like their quarterback when Tavaka Tavaka Toya Toya. Tuioti. thank you. I had it down, right? It's I said, easy before we're it's recording. Easy when we're, it's easy when you're not recording Tuioti. It's, it's really practice, right? It's, yeah. it's really fairly phonetic if you look at it. So Tuioti, and, and I said it differently on Monday because I've heard it twice with two different pronunciations, but I trust this one. But anyway, Tuioti, who missed their first game against Sam Houston State that they won by a touchdown but allowed more than 500 yards to Sam Houston State, um, Tuioti will be back. We expect him to play. Brant Hughes, at started the game, is out with a shoulder injury. Sharon Jones, uh, who came in for Hughes when he was injured, he's a, a Tennessee transfer, more of the runner of the two. But Tim, you you heard earlier this week that you don't they they're going to go to Tuioti uh, pretty much the whole way, most he, likely. Yeah, Steve Vergen, um, who covers his team, uh, explained that he does not think Jones will play now. I think he'll play because the game will get out of hand and he would play. Yeah. But I, he meant in a competitive – this is – no, they want they want Tuioti to play. He was their, He's the guy that they figured would win the job, and he definitely would have won the job if not for a death in his family where he just kind of – he had to leave for more than a week, and it was before the opener. So it's not like it's a new starter or he didn't win the job. This, yeah. is, this would be like, hey, Ian Book's back. He's starting. And, and Tuioti was injured early last season. I think he only played two games or was injured in the second game. And so this is the guy that they want – at quarterback, I, last week we talked about two weeks ago. We talked about Louisville and their special teams. New Mexico is very good at special teams. Their kicker was four for four on field goals with a long of forty four against Sam Houston State. He was seven of eight last year. Uh, their their punt returner, their leading punt returner last year, their punt returner averaged twenty one point two yards per punt return. He's gone. But that unit's good, and their kick coverage a lot less. How many returns did he have? That's a yeah, really he, good he, had, job. he had like fifteen or sixteen. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, that's really he, and only yeah. one touchdown. So he, so he obviously had some long ones in there, and their kick coverage is very good under fifteen yards for what that's worth anymore. So once again, really the best aspect of Notre Dame's opponent coming up is probably their special teams, and that's kind of been mitigated here um, with the kick return. Like it, New Mexico played Wisconsin last year, lost forty-five fourteen. They played Texas A&M the year before and lost 55-14. There's no reason that the score should be any should be dissimilar to that. And, in fact, right. it may be more inflated than that. Notre Dame should, again, we said this about Ball State, Notre Dame should score in at least 50 against New Mexico. Yes. I if, you scored 35 against a, if you scored 35 against a really well-coached Louisville team, you should be in the 50s at home in your home. And opener. this also goes into the after-effect of Louisville, where one of the frustrations <laughs> for Notre Dame is how slow they played. I think they had 65 plays, which is the low mark for Notre Dame with Ian Book as your starting quarterback. In his previous 10 starts, they averaged 75 offensive plays. Twice they hit 88 wow. offensive plays. Um, so... I think that that only compounds the the likelihood of Notre Dame scoring fifty or more, because they're going to try to snap off seventy five, eighty plays. If if they run, let's say they run forty two offensive plays in the first half, um, they they will be into the forties. They'll they'll be probably at forty two points by halftime. That would be the ideal efficiency mark for the game, and we'll get into this with questions because that allows Kovic to play more. And to run the offense, yeah, well, I, I, I was we'll saving. I, yeah, I was no, saving I just, that. that but Pete said yeah. forty-two, like twenty-eight is not twenty-eight. You still roll that's out not, Ian Book, you know? Right. It's, yeah, 
So I think uh, 42 is a lot, but I mean, somewhere yeah. in between would also be good. If you get the ball, I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. It's I, like you get the ball and then you score right before halftime. That's, that's. I would have thought six touchdowns. In fact, in my preview, I said six touchdowns on about 14 possessions against Louisville. They got five mm-hmm. with some better success rate on third down. They probably would have gotten six. And Louisville also had two long drives. One they did score, one they didn't score. I wouldn't think New Mexico will have two long drives outside of a scoring drive also for Louisville. That that hurt Notre Dame's possessions yeah, as well. This, this is a game where I see the opposing kicker kick three field goals. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's a good kicker. One of the things, you know, we, kind of, we, we suggested that Louisville would have some success offensively. New Mexico runs a, like a spread option type deal with, uh, with Joe Daly as their new offensive coordinator who came from Liberty. I, I believe Liberty beat New Mexico, and then Bob Davey ended up hiring him. Um, so there, it, it's a, it could be a little... That, that hiring, of course, yeah, works every time. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be, it, I mean, it could be a little tricky, but I don't see the deception in our offense that we saw in Louisville's. No, and passes was fast when he used the deception yeah. to his advantage. Right. was the main thing. I mean, right. drawing passes is a good athlete, and we said there's going to be one drive for Louisville where it looks like Notre Dame has no idea what's going on because it's the opener against a new offense they can't prepare for with good athletes. There were two. And now there were, new, shouldn't be more than a half of a drive right. where that happens in this game. And now New Mexico, Tuioti, whether they want him at quarterback or not, it's his first game of the year, not his second, yeah. which, it, which it would have been, which... You know, Ian Book's looking forward to his second start after a little bit of shaky first start. Um, I imagine we will maybe kind of sort of hear something about Cole Komet tonight. He was in a red jersey uh, early. Was it late last week or early? This, I think it was late last week. Um, I think Tom Lloyd Tom, posted a picture of him he, from practice this week that he was in a red. He was still in a red. But it, was like, it was a Monday or Tuesday thing. We don't yeah. have to get into it yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I, I think that they would like to get him on the field, but they're going to be cautious because they want him at at peak efficiency, whatever that may be, next week when they get to Georgia. My hunch is that he does not play. I don't really have a lot of inside information on that. Yeah. The only the only firm info from the Goog that is like he will definitely play against Georgia, which makes New Mexico sort of a wash. Yeah. I kind of agree because of what Tim said. I was like, well, get him in there at some point to run down the field and get his feet wet. But as Priester pointed out, it's hard to go into a game and not think of being physical as a tight end in any way. You can't like go in there thinking, don't hurt my shoulder. It's almost doesn't yeah. just you, go in and play Georgia. Instead, right. You're either right? ready to play or you're not. If yeah, you're not yeah. if you're not physically, mentally, emotionally ready to play, then don't then and I, I'm not putting that on Cole Komet. I'm just saying if that's how they've kind of couched this whole thing is man, we need you at top level, whatever that is for Georgia then I just don't. I don't know exactly what they're. It does. It does. Does it really matter? I what's mean, more competitive, Cole Komet going out against New Mexico or going against Alohi Gilman and Wusukormo on next Wednesday practice? and Thursday? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it, right. I mean it's a guy they have confidence in, and he understands the offense. He understands the checks. He's going to know what he's doing. So it's not like he has to get in there and get his feet wet in order to be playing even better football the next week. So, I. We probably won't get complete clarity on that uh, tonight with Brian Kelly's press conference, uh, but we'll know for sure then on Saturday. Anything else you guys want to hit in the first segment? That sounds like a no. We will we'll be back for segment two, burning up the boards.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning Up the Boards brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with a 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium available for fighting Irish game days. Irish illustrator readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. We start with Nat J. Tafel. I think we can all agree. Nat J. Tafel 1, sorry. Yes. Not to be confused with Nat J. Tafel. I think we can all agree Norton will defeat New Mexico, maybe not cover, with some, but win convincingly. That being said, what would be a good performance by the defense? No more than 14 points and less than 300 yards allowed? I don't know, man. I'd say no touchdowns allowed. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no touchdowns allowed until the fourth quarter, and then when those guys come in and are trying to figure things out, that could be the only touchdown you allow. A really good would be nine points or something like that. Good field goal kicker. They'll drive. Everybody drives some. It's college football now, right? Yeah, I think there's enough diversity in their offense yeah. that they can have You're some not. success and get a couple strength. Got to get first. your good players out of the game too for Notre Dame for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, yeah, I would. You know, I'd like to see some production from the Buck position. Um, I think I have more like an individual uh, yeah. basis. That's it's good sort point. of like how I will evaluate yeah. the defense. I mean, the Kareem Okwara actual play. Um, that's no well, chance they won't. Yeah, be great. I'd like to see Jack Lamb get reps with the base defense at Buck. Um, I'm sort of curious if Bo Bauer gets reps as the backup Mike. Um, I'm still doubting that. I know Brian Kelly said that the other day, but what about Shane Simon? Simon can play Buck. He's got to play somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I would play. I mean, I, I would play Simon over Bauer, but I would rather play Simon at Buck. I think if Bauer can help him, Mike. I, that's my, the only. My, yeah, it's the point. Is that I just like the individuals of the defense. I'm much more curious about than the, than like the statistical collective. Like how many rushing yards they give up. No, I I mean I agree, and that's you know especially with slop time in the second half, some things can happen there. But I would just say score at least fifty, no more than seventeen. And yeah, even, no more than seventeen. Yeah, I mean even then it's two, unless it's two touchdowns in the last five minutes type. Junk that I, happens. Just, I just got a Ball State flashback. But anyway, that's kind of... You don't t- think there will be Julian Love saving a throwback to the tackle touchdown that Notre Dame can qualify for no, the playoffs I, I really, because of? I really don't. Remember that? I really don't. That was a, to the South Bend native. They did a tackle-eligible throwback play, and only Julian Love saw it coming. He defeated a block and tackled the guy. They might not have gone to the playoffs. Or they would have gone to overtime. <laughs> well, if they lose, they <laughs> wouldn't have gone to the playoffs. No. NDFB, in reality... This is a warm-up for Georgia. At what point do you take Ian Book out and let Phil Dracovic get some live snaps? As soon as Ian Book plays well enough for the satisfaction of Chip Long. That's that's what the issue is. I mean, if Ian Book needs a full game for Chip Long to be like, all right, you're ready to go. You have mastery of these passing concepts. Then play him the whole game. I Wouldn't that be unfortunate? It, it would be bad. Um, you know, But maybe they have like eight touchdowns worth of stuff to material to work out. I don't know. Um, but that is way more important than like, well, let's get Phil Dracovic ready in case he has to go in at Georgia. No, get Ian Book ready for Georgia. Phil Dracovic, that's secondary. 
Well, they won't win if Feldrakovic has to go into Georgia. So that's a good point, I would say. But I think Feldrakovic could use some snaps. Sure. <laughs> you know, no, just I, in case. Yeah. I would like to see it. Yeah. But you're right that Ian Book has to play and play great against Georgia for them to have a chance. Let me it, see Wake Forest, him, Ian Book, and then you can pull him in the mid middle of the third quarter. That would be, that'd be the cutoff. Uh, not the cutoff. That's exactly where he should pull. Middle of the third quarter. He should have done enough, right? That's right. Theoretically, 35, maybe even 42 points in the first half. You start book in the second half. And he goes out. Let him have a series, maybe two, and then he goes out. And then you've got to, you can't worry about hurting New Mexico's feelings. You've got to let Phil Jerko, if you get to that situation, Pete, you've got to let Phil Jerkovic run the offense. Not so much if you know if you need him against Georgia, but just moving forward, you've got to let him run the offense. You'll so need that him the next time he goes in. This year you'll need him. I, almost undoubtedly. At yeah. some point, I mean, what, book Book's going to go the whole year without getting like dinged and have to sit out a couple plays? That's virtually impossible. I am more interested in, is Phil Dracovic ready for a Virginia, Virginia Tech, Boston College than I am Georgia? Because it just doesn't make a difference at Georgia. I, I, I would agree with that. But, I, you know, this is an, when are you going to get your next opportunity? to play him extensively. It's probably not going to be in games three and four. It would be then five against Bowling Green. Uh, whatever. In a perfect world, it's an opportunity for him to run the offense. Don't worry about offending anybody. We're doing this for the development of our quarterback position. And if somebody's offended by that, then so be it. ND Bayo 5 how much did these two warm-up games benefit the Irish before Georgia? Would it have been more beneficial to have two games under their belt versus more talented teams? Well, Louisville is an ACC team, and they won yeah. 57 games from 2012 to 2017. So it's not like, you know, when the game was, when the, when they knew they were going to play Louisville in 2019, you're thinking Lamar Jackson, and you're thinking a, 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 pretty, good, a pretty good test in your opener against an ACC team with athletes that are, that are doing good things. So you can't control that. Would it have been better? Not necessarily. I don't. I mean, I think Louisville was enough of a test to get you started. Maybe it would have been better to switch them. Not that you can control that completely either. I, I don't. I don't know. But I think the first two opponents are fine. That's what everybody else generally. That's what every, doing. Yeah, I mean, that's they what, got their test too at Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's a, that's a Louisville right, that's, type test. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think for Notre Dame, going on the road is beneficial. The you know, road, yeah. at Louisville part of it. Like, the at is probably more significant than the, the, the Louisville. Louisville. Um, so, I mean, that's something. But, I mean, just just be careful what you ask for here, because, like, Notre Dame was like, we can't open with Michigan when they have a game to play. We have to move the BYU game to the opener, yeah. and then you lose to BYU. I'll tell you. Well, don't don't move a quality team right. to the opener. Um, I will say this. It doesn't benefit you to play two real, two Louisvilles, because you get beat up more. And there's right. an old, look, the third game against a Power 5 team in a row that's sometimes the time people bet against Notre yeah. Dame in the past because it's the third physical game you've played. This the bye week, it, this is, Pete's gonna laugh, but the bye week helped the way it worked out. I it mean, always comes at a good time it, it, every time, but this time it actually did. Pete, you no, I just think that from your first game to your second game. So Georgia be playing their fourth game and they have two easy ones in between. A little test, and boy, did they just dismiss that test like it. Just the most boring. We are gonna run the ball and then we're gonna stop you from moving, and the game's gonna be over and. All of our fans are sitting in your stadium. <laughs> now, Vandy, I don't think, had the bite with without Shermer that they had last year against right. Notre Dame. But, right. uh, boy, that was an ugly. I started looking at that one. Georgia can run. I don't was know if it, I noticed I didn't. I didn't see as much of that, not yet anyway. Um, was it uglier than Clemson A&M? Because that was 
that was pretty hard to watch because AM and Georgia just ran the ball at will and stopped them and got the ball back every time. That Clemson A and M game could have gone eleven quarters. What do you want to do if a team just they literally just kept running the ball and, and they just ran the ball at them? Well, that's what they do, and yeah. they will do that against Notre Dame if they ha- if they are afforded that opportunity. Troy Beachy asks, "Would you rather have Jonathan Dore going into the Georgia game not having a field goal attempt in two games, or would you rather have him miss badly versus New Mexico? Wow. Glass glass totally empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Obviously, the make that's not listed would be ideal. A 42-yarder down the pipes. Uh, I, never, I probably have another miss against New Mexico that never kick. Huh? I, just, I don't know. I don't think it makes a difference. Honestly, you think he's going to be nervous no matter between, what? Right? Between those two choices, those two I don't choices. think it makes a difference. Both are both are not. It's good ideal. if he goes three for three, no matter right. what you say. No, okay, I, yeah. yeah, no, I'm saying like even if he goes three for three, I don't know how much that's yeah. going to help going to well, Georgia. I mean, at least he, you know, I thought he. I, I think he's. Probably going to need a little bit more sense of urgency than what he did with the five extra points, uh, as it relates to you know field goals and stuff. Obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought he came out with a good approach. He was very relaxed. He drilled them. I don't think that he came close to missing any of those, did he? I don't recall that. Um, so, I mean, the choice between these two, neither are very yeah, good. But, but Pete is right about one thing: there is nothing Jonathan Dora could do, nothing that would make us think he's going to hit his first forty-four yarder at Georgia. There's nothing he no. can do that you think he will make the first not 44 yards. Not that he or. won't, but there's nothing that would give that you... That will a, make me think, oh, this is going down the middle. There's no yeah. way. It's just a different he could hit a He could hit a 55-yarder in front of a quiet Notre Dame Stadium audience on Saturday, okay. and it wouldn't have any impact nope. on on that. But It'd know. be a good sign for the whole year if he hit a 55-yarder. Yeah, that would, be, really. that would be good. And I just, you know, again, you can't control these things. No. He had five extra points. That's what he was afforded, and he kicked them all... With relative calm, and I think that's a good thing. On the road, he did that. On the road won't be the same as Georgia, but at least he did that. Way to go, K-Man. Other than Ian Book, what one player are you expecting a big leap forward from? Game one to two. Julian Kareem and Khalid Okwara. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be really good, too. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would say Chris Fink. I, I His think goes hand-in-hand. Hand it Book. does go hand-in-hand, hand, but Fink didn't have much of a game at, at Louisville either. So uh, I would throw his name out there. Uh, I tell you who's going to have the biggest difference will be Kyron Williams. I had him written from down one snap to right. a lot. Yeah, I mean, I well, he's involved now. I mean, I, I think Brock Wright scores a short touchdown this game. That'd be good too. Not that not that we're necessarily measuring Brock Wright by his productivity from week to week, but I think he'll. I think they'll get him involved. Uh, and it's a it's a short touchdown. Although man, maybe maybe you save that for a better opponent for somebody like Virginia. Save it for Georgia. He should score like four. It'd be great. <laughs> They've been saving Brock Wright's for sandbagging us for two years. <laughs> yes. Anybody else like, that you holy think? Crap, this is like Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Anybody else that you think I mean, steps forward? If, was if, he a healthy scratch? Like this, that question is coming up. Is he a healthy scratch? I don't know that. We have to, for complete. And they're certainty. not going to tell us either. No, I don't know that. For I would. Them. I would like to. S- I like to see a Loie Gilman go start to finish like on it, as opposed um, to just making some big plays. Yeah, because yeah. I mean he was he was part of the slow start at Louisville, which was weird. Like you get it from Drew White and Asmar Bilal, but like yeah, and he Aloe slipped Gilman on it. Just like not great. He and, slipped on that forty-four yard run. I'm yeah. not sure he was going to hit the the run fit anyway. He but. had uh, he got beat by Atwell on the crossing route on third down for a first down. He did not look like he normally looks. That was good, but that's really a tough. Yeah. That's that, a tough cover. That player on the crossing well, route underneath is really difficult. But I don't think it was like well, he did everything he could. Either he just didn't look like he yeah. could stay with him at all. Yeah, Gilman. 
certainly the thing I want to see Gilman. Gilman look like a guy where like yeah obviously you're leaving after this year that's the that's yeah. the Aloe Gilman I want Elliot was quiet in that game was doesn't it? mean it's bad just no. just quiet he was uh, yeah I don't know that that necessarily no, means he didn't mean play well yeah. but uh yeah oh, well speaking of Dante Vaughn we have a question from Wash ND with Dante Vaughn a healthy scratch against Louisville. Do you think they're planning a Jameer Jones-style senior year for Vaughn so they can have him come back in 2020? Looking at the cornerback options in 2020, assuming Houston Griffith moves back to safety, Vaughn would most definitely be a starter and could provide some leadership for what would be a very young secondary. It's all theoretical here. Theoretical that he was a healthy scratch because Dante Vaughn has never been healthy since 2016, so maybe he couldn't practice very much in the last week, and he got we, beat up we, by three corners. We, we know that he missed... He right. missed August practice due to some nicks. We it's theoretical that he would be definitely be a starter next year because Tariq Bracey and <coughs> KJ Wallace could easily be the starters instead of Dante Vaughn, who might not be healthy next August. And it's theoretically could provide leadership because he's never had to provide leadership. And we know definitively, based upon me forcing you to ask Sean Crawford a question about six yep. year. That Sean Crawford will not come back will and not the be coming. death dagger stare I got for suggesting <laughs> such a remarkable <laughs> occurrence could ever. I think Sean Crawford gives he, death dagger stares to a lot of people and yeah. doesn't even realize that he's doing it. He's bigger. You yeah. know, his, he's bigger in the upper body. Do you notice, Pete? You were standing right there. He looked like he had. I did not notice. He, I thought he was a bigger kid, like okay. lifting a lot. Let me. Uh, here's the difference, I think, between making a Vaughn and Jameer Jones comparison. Jameer Jones has been beaten out by guys that are better than him. And they're great. Right. They wanted, they've wanted they wanted Dante Vaughn to win a job, and he can't do it even against guys that don't have a lot of playing experience. Um, I did suggest this exact question in April or May to a coach and was shot down by them saying, if Dante Vaughn can't do it this year, I don't know why he'd be able to do it next year, which may mm. also make sense, right? It, it, it does. I mean, it does. I you know if, The trust factor. I mean, if you have an open, you're not going to say, Dante Vaughn, we don't want you back. Because you no, have no quarters. I don't thinking, mean that. I'm I mean, thinking in terms of Jameer Jones, since that's what the comparison is. Yeah, Jameer, made. they really are planning on doing it, or he would have played. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's I clearly, think that it's been suggested they've directly. They've said that loud, yeah. uh, I mean, if, if they can figure out a way that, like, if Dante Vaughn is really hurt, and he's not healthy until October, I would absolutely not play him more than four games. No, I agree. And see if it's an option for you. Yeah, just see I how it goes. I don't think it's the plan now, do you? I mean, I think it's just sort of a wait and see. Um, but I mean, here's this, this. I got this same question in my mailbag, and when you take out Gilman, you take out Crawford, and you take out Vaughn. This is what you have left: Avery Davis, Tariq Bracy, Houston Griffith, KJ Wallace, Isaiah Rutherford, Landon Bartleson, Caleb Offord, Clarence Lewis, Kyle Hamilton, Litchfield Ajavon, and DJ Brown. And you also take out Jalen Elliott. I don't think you said him. So well, yeah, no, he's yeah. there's no option for him. Oh, okay, to come I got gotcha. you. So right. you tell me: is that is that a Secondary that's contending for the college football playoff or not? Dante no, Vaughn doesn't make a difference. I was about to say that's not. But right. I would rather have one more guy. Yeah. Like if you're gonna, if you're missing in recruiting, which they are right now, you could count Dante Vaughn as a recruit in next year's class. Sure. Bank the scholarship that way, and then he moves on, right. and hopefully your recruiting picks up in twenty right. twenty one. I, I so I I think the two situations are different, but it could yes. ultimately end up the same. Yeah, I, guess I hope it does. I've, yeah. I've long rooted for Dante Vaughn yeah. to make an impact. I just it's all Why? theoretical. Because you have ranked. Where'd you have him ranked? Sixth. Sixth in the class. Magic sixth. Kaiser Wilhelm. What are your thoughts on Avery Davis moving moving positions yet again? Is this a temporary stopgap measure, or is the defensive back experiment already a bust? I don't know if it's already a bust or if it's temporary, but I know he's better at running be- or on offense than he is on defense because he was not going to win a job in the secondary this year. 
No, but as we just went over, he could win one next year. Right. That's why I don't know if it's temporary or stopgap or not. <laughs> but he cannot. He won't win one next year either. He's not. You can, so you're telling me that they could that Brian Kelly could move him back to defense at some point. I mean, how many positions did Cam McDaniel play? Just two. Before he led the team in rushing. Yeah, but he had wow. a deal with Kelly. I've talked to Cam about this. He's like, I accepted. They called me in the office. I accepted being moved to corner. I walked out of the office. I turned around and walked back in and said, one year, right? And Kelly promised him one year, and then it wasn't even one year. He played freshman year. He yeah. ran as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, they just had nobody. They were, that's when they were still reeling from not having any numbers of recruiting. You you named names, at least. They didn't have names to put back there when Cam McDaniel yeah, had to do it. Avery Davis, first of all, if you're if there's any chance they're going to give him the football in a live situation, he's got to hold on to it. He, did he fumble twice? Twice or? against Stanford. Twi- twice against Stanford. So, yeah, I... Look, he's a he's a, a really really good athlete. He hasn't proven to be a really really good college football player yet at any position. But I would agree with you that if there's a position where he's going to show some promise, it'll be with the football in his hands yeah. offensively. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to change games, but no. Irish fan four twenty five. Given that Jafar Armstrong and Jameer Smith are both injured, do you think it would be beneficial to solely run Kyron Williams, Sebo Flemister, and Avery Davis? against New Mexico in order to keep Jones fresh and healthy for Georgia. The last thing we need are our top three running backs hurt before we're going between the hedges. I just don't think that that's a realistic scenario. You don't just sit Tony Jones Jr. because... I do it 42 nothing. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course, but you yeah. don't. You don't. You just don't go into the game and say, okay, son, you're not going to play because we're going to build a big lead. He, I mean, Tony Jones Jr. needs... If he's your, if he's your lead back... He needs every rep that he can get up to a point in a game yeah, like this. To, no more than fi- I mean, he shouldn't have more than twelve carries in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think fifteen carries yeah. is fine. If he has twenty-three carries, I will wonder what in the world are they doing. Um, but I, uh, Kyron Williams is the guy I want to see play more because uh, he got yanked too quickly uh, against Louisville, and I think he's the guy that sort of can be a like-for-like replacement for Jafar Armstrong the most. Uh, as a running back who can actually line up in the slot. I want to see him, but I want to see Sebo Flemister, yeah. too. I'd like to see Sebo Flemister carry like eight times yeah, in a least, game. I mean, yeah. where, where he can get a little bit of rhythm in a in a series where he carries five times in one series. That's where I would like Jones to be down to 10-12, so right. Flemister's 8-10. Yeah. But, I mean, and not to not to jump on your Irish fan 425, but, I mean, that's just not... They never do that. You know, yeah, I mean, who, it's not it's not like the NBA where... where LeBron James stays home for a road, you know, for a road game. Uh, I just Tony Jones, LeBron James, maybe not, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) What are you saying, Tony? Um, You're listening. You just got compared to LeBron James. You you have to let him play, and if you want to monitor, you you know, maybe it's maybe it's it's eight carries at some point, and that's enough. Then that's that's fine too. ND one hundred one two. Do you feel Notre Dame has a deep threat at wide receiver that can keep defenses honest? If so, what player players are they? I mean, Braden Lindsey. I think Lawrence Keyes could do it. Um, Chris Fink is not slow. Healthy Michael Young. Healthy Michael Young. Uh, eligible Kevin Austin. I mean, you just, you just need somebody to throw it well, to I him. Mean, and t- you, got, you have a quarterback willing to do it. You can do it. Chase Claypool is your best receiver. Let him run and throw him the ball deep. There's yeah, no reason why you can't. There's no reason why you can't do it. Is he as is he as flat out fast as Miles Boykin? It doesn't matter. He can make plays behind him, above him. He made plays downfield all of August. I would really like to see them in September, especially next week. I don't care if he plays this week. Yeah, I, I, 
Young, any, young is a young was making plays downfield all of August. Anybody too. can be a deep threat if you choose to make them a deep threat. Just about anybody, not you know. So this is a Braden Lindsay question, though. What? Surprise, he didn't play. Am I am I right on that? Yeah, I mean, I think they threw a deep ball to Omar Jenkins once or twice. <laughs> that's why you were laughing. Yeah, that's you why you thought of the corner round against yeah. Florida State. Mm-hmm. Is that the, um, Omar, if you're listening, man, don't got a touchdown against Florida against State yeah. and a win. There you go. <laughs> It's more than anybody about to name right now did. So, Braden Lindsey, he did not. Were you surprised he didn't play? There's six receivers, five play. I mean, that was weird for a little, me. Uh, a little bit. The game, the dynamics of the game were. Look, not uh, looking downfield? Yeah. Wasn't I, you know, I guess I was a little surprised. I want to see him play now. You know, right? I think if, if Jafar had been hurt before the game started. I bet Lindsey would have been That's like, a good in call. the game plan. We don't know for certain that he was 100% healthy. No, we don't. We definitely don't. You never know that about the guys. about Braden Lindsey. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we just don't, you know, we try to we, we try to ask about all those things, and Brian Kelly's pretty good most of the time answering it, but. We didn't. We're not, we're not going to ask about Braden well, okay, Lindsey. Okay, for example. I'll put it on my list tonight. For, get that in as your second question. For example, if Brian Kelly on Monday has not asked about Jameer Smith's toe, which obviously was some intel. Then, right, right. We then we wouldn't we wouldn't know about that. Uh, you can't ask about every player, and they're not going to volunteer that information, so we don't know that for certain. Irish, eleven thirty-seven. Any update on Michael Young's injury? Speaking of Young, any chance he could be healthy for Georgia? Brian Kelly said he's about a week behind Komet. Uh, their injuries occurred thirteen days apart. I don't. I don't know. Ex- I, th- I think the surgeries ended up being thirteen or fourteen days apart. Uh, I don't think there's any chance he's ready for Georgia. One's a cyborg and one's a guy. That yeah, I don't. I don't. Back. I mean, I just, again, this is one of those situations that if Komet doesn't play until Georgia, it will have been six weeks since the surgery. I don't. Until we hear something otherwise with Michael Young, I'm still thinking Michigan game seven after the bye week, which is way past Georgia. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I mean, that's what we both think too, right? Michigan. It's a month behind yeah. Cole Komet. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's where I think he is. Yeah, I haven't heard anything that makes me think that Michael Young is... Uh, Brian Kelly's he's a week behind is the only bit of information, like... That's the least... On or off the record that I've heard yeah, about Michael Young. Yeah, and that's, that's certainly not a def- definitive um, opinion out Also, there. this is the old... We're comparing him to Cole Komet's injury recovery. It's like saying, you know, Drew Tranquil got out there. Why can't every linebacker play with a broken ankle and a broken wrist? They can't. Cole Komet came back with the worst high ankle sprain in the world in a week. He's just a different guy. I don't think Michael Young's coming back very soon. And that's not a commentary on Michael Young. That's human beings yeah. getting healthy. I mean, it's a broken collarbone for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the hell's going on here? I mean, Komet is, pulls you know, and even Komet, you know, they said, what was it initially? Five, did they say three to f- three to six? Did Kelly Wasn't say he the four no. to ten guy? He was four to ten, right? Yeah. Well, but but that came after right. that came after an initial. The reporting on it initially was like three to five, right? And I, I did not report that, but some people did. And I was like, oh, it seems kind of short for a broken bone. Uh, and then Kelly also said, like, how long does it take a broken bone to heal? I don't know, but. Then it's like, oh, he's a week behind with his broken bone versus. Did you raise your hand and say longer than three weeks? Yeah, <laughs> like I know that's not true. Yeah, so. I would. I, I mean, I would maybe maybe USC, but you know how those and and there is there is the notion that they okay. Well, 
And, okay, here's the thing. With the bye week, there's always the likelihood that they're they're not going to play them yeah, the week before the bye week because we got a bye week coming up and we can save them for two more games. And if he doesn't play until Michigan, and he's a four-game guy too. Um, that's and what if you I, go to the playoffs, he's not a four-game guy, That's obviously. what I was trying to say, but you yeah. scared me out of oh, saying okay. it. I thought okay. you were going to talk about another receiver. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no. No, there, there is the possibility that if you get to if you get to Michigan, and he hasn't played. You're just going to play him four games the rest of the year right. and if preserve you're the year of playoff contention. You don't. You play him six and seven. Right. But exactly. No, you got to sit him. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Like the Myron Tagovailoa, most of. Don't play him against Clemson because you might need him against Alabama. All right. I want to save these last two questions and jump to an- another uh, question on Twitter uh, from um, from Kalise underscore Fam underscore Five Ian Book is a high-floor, low-ceiling kind of quarterback. Solid at everything, excels at nothing. Whoa. On a, team that is limited <laughs> at, on a team that is limited at the playmaker positions, I don't feel he's good enough to beat top 10 teams. Please tell me I'm wrong. Well, first of all, you're wrong that he excels at nothing. He's the most accurate single-season quarterback in the history of Notre Dame football. Stan, I mean, Stanford was ranked in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he excels at nothing. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he excels at stuff that's not super showy, uh, but that's those are those are some of the things he did not excel at against Louisville. Right, and that's why uh, it didn't look right. Right, that's why we were all confused, because like, wait, you make the decision correctly on RPOs all the time. Oh, wait, you're usually accurate in short spaces. Uh, you move around behind the line of scrimmage pretty well and don't take off and run. Like, what's going on? That was why Louisville was so confusing, is his strengths, the thing that he's really good at, just weren't there uh, at that level against Louisville. Can Ian Book beat a top 10 team just based upon his sheer ability to throw the football? And, and I mean, he needs he needs help. He, the offensive line has to play well against that top 10 team. Uh, you know, they, they have to they have to run the football well in a game, I, you know, by himself. N- no. No, not like Kyler Murray. Is that what they're trying to say? I mean, also, top ten is not the same as top four and five because those guys are really good. The top four and five, I, I would, I would say, Ian Book's leaps and would have to be leaps and bounds better than we have seen him, other than Wake Forest and Stanford, to beat Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, and that doesn't include. But the I would, top I would argue that the you Notre beat Dame, Florida, Michigan. I would argue that the Notre Dame team is not good enough to beat those. those Clemson top, and Alabama, right? Those agreed, teams, agreed, yeah, but not not top ten teams. They can beat. They can beat Florida and Michigan, and if Book plays a great game, they can beat these other teams too. It's just the top two teams are a different level right now. I agree. Uh, oh, let me squeeze another one in here. At I like logic. How much more of Kyle Hamilton will we see this week, and how hard is it for Notre Dame to get him snaps with two elite senior safeties on the roster already? I think, Tim, you and I talked about this on Monday a little bit. I thought they did a good job of getting him They They subbed out. Elliot, how many snaps? Twenty some. How many snaps? Twenty six. Twenty six snaps. Thirteen were in base defense. Not the third of the game. Oh, it was pretty good. I do too. Um, subbed out Gilman one series. Subbed out Elliot one series. They should do that again this game. Maybe one more. I'm, I'm getting I Hamilton would. out of the game in the fourth, late fourth quarter. On <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, on, yeah. on aren't you? On well, Saturday? yeah. DJ DJ Brown needs to be <laughs> yeah, in, the, to in that and, kind of game then. Um, and then they would have had a little bit better run. D. He'd have played more nickel too. Yeah, I don't. Also, I, I, I this is a question that we're getting frequently now, and I wouldn't. I mean, I just as a Notre Dame fan, I wouldn't worry about whether he's going to get on the field enough. He's going to get plenty of action. Twenty six snaps in the first game. You know, 
It depends on who you take out to yeah, put he, Kyle Hamilton in. If you ha- if you're if you're finding ways to get him on the field with Elliott and Gilman, I think that's good. I if you're taking great. those guys out of the game in game situations and crucial situations, you're taking you're putting a, a guy that's going to obviously be a great player and already showed that, but you're taking another quality established college football player off the back end of the defense. That's a better tackler. They're both yeah. better tacklers right now. Of course they are. Well, sure. I mean, Gilman's yeah. gone, but Gilman yeah. may always be. I didn't even I, that that one missed tackle by Hamilton. No. I'm going to give him that. I'm not even. They're gonna, still better tacklers right, right now. No, I no mean, doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, do we? Do I have another one here? Um, okay, one more from Irish Gambler. Uh, will the Will the Irish <laughs> pass rush get home against New Mexico? How will the back seven fare if Notre Dame does not apply pressure? I think the healthy back seven's fine right now. Uh, I'm thinking of Hamilton in there, like the nickel, but. Uh, they won't fare well next week if they don't apply pressure. Yeah, the question is or about New Mexico, and I don't know that New Mexico has enough in its passing game, you know, to to really. Virginia will give Notre Dame huge issues if Notre Dame's pass rush isn't what we think it is. How's that? We know Georgia obviously mm-hmm. would. Yes. Yeah, it's also, I think, you, know, you have a mobile quarterback yeah. there who can make you pay if you're going to freelance at defensive end because you think that's what you can do and and you're, you're that talented. So it's, uh, <coughs> I would just like to see Okwara and Kareem impact the game in some way, uh, which they really did not I feel do. you've mentioned that several times, and those were two of the guys that I, that I wrote down that, ex- that I was expecting to take a huge leap, as, as did you. I really expect, especially, well, I mean, both those guys. They, they, they have so much healthy. pride. They have so much pride in the effort that they put forth that I have little doubt that they're going to be really, really good this weekend. Uh, okay, let's go to these last two from at Woj to God, and it's sim- it simply says, Mike Mayock, Pat Hayden, Doug Flutie, go. Doug Flutie had the best week. How's that? Uh, Mike Mayock's oh. not had a good week. Pat Hayden's university has not had a good week. Oh, since, so. <laughs> yeah, Doug Flutie. Yeah, Doug Flutie wins this week, but. We're announcing. The, the question is, rank them as. I love Mike Mayock as yeah. the announcer. Yeah. Don't didn't you? We are a universal. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. I don't know how people didn't like Mike Mayock. They don't <laughs> like football. It was great. I'm at a loss. Was he too, maybe at times too enthusiastic for people? I, I don't. I don't know. I think the criticism was he's too uh, X's and O's. Like a little too I donkey. I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was well, over the top not for us. Like, but just I mean, come on, ca- look at for, us. Yeah, yeah, us smart guys. Yeah. Right, exactly. But like the casual fan, that was NBC's perspective. Yeah, I'm not saying it's yeah. my perspective. I'm just saying that was that was what, MB- that, that, was, that, that definitive was sort of that definitely what NBC was thought. I grew up uh, listening Man. to Pat Hayden on CBS with Brent, and I thought he was pretty good. Um, I think maybe when he did every single Notre Dame game, that's when it came out that Notre Dame fans didn't like him because he was a USC guy. But don't you remember him being the color comment for national games? No, he, he was, was good. Really good. I yeah. never thought he was biased against Notre Dame. No, but I can see why when Notre Dame's losing every game <laughs> in the Weiss and Willingham era, that people aren't going to like Pat right. Hayden, right? No, I, I get that. But I, I thought he was a professional. I the home games they lost under those guys? <laughs> you get sick of Pat Hayden probably too if you're just a fan so listening. We, so would, we'd be in agreement we'd rank them Mayock, Hayden, Flutie. I believe so. That's yes. a pretty easy one. All right, we're going to wrap up with this last question. It is from JJ Allwine. Is it too early to start hoping Jim Harbaugh gets canned and Nordin can scoop up lost recruits like McGregor, Henning, Morant? Henning might look good in the secondary. Yes. It's too early? Why? Yes. Because he's 40 and 14 as the head coach at Michigan? That's, and he, and he's, that's part of it. And he won, he won, he won last week. Yeah. He's 2 and 0. Oh. 
is all part of you know. I, there's a lot of the weird six year the six years stuff on this podcast. The recently. six years before Harbaugh, and he's forty and fourteen right now. And I know, look, I get it. He, I hope Jim Harbaugh leaves. He loses. He's lost almost all the big games. I get that. But in the six years prior to him, they were forty three and thirty three. So Michigan, Michigan, forty three and thirty three. Yes, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Think yes. about that. Right, with an eleven and two in there. Yes, exactly. That is really bad. So in five of those six years, they were thirty two and thirty one. <laughs> they're not firing Jim Harbaugh. No, especially, not Jim especially Harbaugh. because they did beat Army last week. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't quite get it. But look, what makes Notre Dame fans happier than being able to say, "Like I told you, Michigan was overrated." <laughs> Well, if you, other than winning, maybe if you heard that's it, like that's like six to one half dozen or another. If you heard us on Monday, I did. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you started with Michigan Notre for five Dame, minutes. Yeah, Notre Dame obviously Army's could have good. struggled against Army. <laughs> Army's good. So anyway, uh, and for I don't think Braden McGregor would change his commitment anyway. Uh, should we do predictions then for this week? Yes, we should. Thank you. Oh, for me. What do you got? Forty-eight nine. Okay, there you go. Cover. Uh, I'm going sixty-three nine. He's, he's going for it. <laughs> you are going I'm, for it. I'm, I'm, I'm ball state reluctant to go more yeah. than I, to go to sixty. Although I certainly think that Notre Dame could do that. Um, I, I I'll I'll have my prediction for tomorrow's uh, preview, but it will be tight, right? It tight, will be close. more than fifty for one team, Ooh, who and, is it? and less than <laughs> and less than twenty one for the other. Less than twenty than the other. So the only question is the point spread, right? And we yes, we ultimately will. I ultimately make my pick. Yeah, I do def- cl- I Making to sure that I clear the point spread one way or another. It gets interesting next week. I have a good streak going. I have not missed a game since Miami. In terms of the pick. Uh, right, the winner. Spread? The winner. No, 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 gosh, no. Oh, the winner. Yeah, yeah Ball State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but uh, Miami. Yeah. By the way, I want to. I want to complain that. I, I think I might be in the same, I had, same boat. I had Louisville covering, and they end up losing by eighteen. It's a damn push. That's just not fair. That's why. Don't gamble, kids. Unless you want to win. All right, O'Malley and I will uh, see you before the the game on Saturday against New Mexico and post-game and da-da-da-da-da. Fun week next week. Fun week next week? Yeah, definitely will be fun. And we will be back with our podcast on Monday, the 16th of September. Thanks for joining us on Irish Illustrated Insider. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.